Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. Step 12 in Celebrate Recovery says, Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I kind of talked about last week at the end about the idea that, you know, God said that the greatest commandment, I, I know I say this all the time, and we're going to memorize it by the end. God said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. He says in Genesis, it's not good that man should be alone. And so all of that points to we are social beings. But one thing that we have a challenge with is building a relationship with God because we can't see him or, you know, technically audibly hear him. Jesus does say, my sheep know my voice. And there is that still small voice within us. And he speaks to us through the word and he speaks to us through worship and he speaks to us through other people. And he speaks to us in so many different ways, but it can be difficult, right? But so one of the things that God has allowed us to do is a gift for us, for us to be part of this. And he gives it in the Great Commission. He tells us to go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and make disciples of all the nations, right? That is the Great Commission for us to go out. Step 12 in carrying this message, basically that means that we are to become active in other people's lives. And that's part of like discipling, like in 12-step programs, they talk about sponsors or mentors. And so that's a form of discipleship, helping people, walking people through. And so God gives us that because it causes us to press in deeper. If we're living honestly with ourselves, it causes us to press in deeper for ourselves. And the things that we see other people struggling with, it, I mean, there are just so many different aspects to it, to it that help us. But it's about that relationship and helping build a relationship with God through people. Does that make sense? But the last part of it is, is to practice these principles in all our affairs. And what are these principles? No matter what 12-step program you go through, there are certain principles that you learn. And you can look at it and say, well, okay, the principles are the steps but those are those are tools to help us walk in those principles. But so I went through and I kind of made a list of principles, things that we really need to be able to walk in. Principles are ideas that we need to be able to walk in. And that's not just in recovery, but this is in life. This is life in the kingdom. OK, the first one being that apart from God, we're not able to manage our own lives the way we were created to. Left on our own, we will always fall back on trying to meet our own needs in ways not intended or to cover the pain of unmet needs. Pretty basic, right? And that covers the first couple of steps. Learning to be powerless and learning how to depend on God. No matter what, in your walk with God, whether you're in what you would call recovery or you're just living life, that's a principle you have to be able to come to, to learn to trust and to rely in God and to stop trusting and relying in your own strength. The next principle would be if we trust him and rely on him, he will meet our needs in a fulfilling, lasting way. 
that whole thing about a, in a fulfilling, lasting way. Because we don't even understand, we can't even comprehend all of the things that we do in order to make ourselves feel better or to try to meet our own needs, to try to make ourselves not feel the way we feel. And if you guys haven't noticed, if you haven't looked around or listened to people or seen on social media and all of that, it's not working. People are pretending, but it's not working. Depression is up, suicide is up. It's just horrible because the things aren't working anymore. If we can find that place in God, he will do things in our lives to cause us to walk in. Well, he says in, in Romans chapter uh, 17, verse 14, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy. We should be walking in peace and joy. The next principle I would say is that we must live our lives in a spirit of repentance, walking in justice and mercy. That spirit of repentance is, that's like the step. We continue to take daily inventory and when we're wrong, we promptly admit it. That's walking in a spirit of repentance. So whether you're in recovery or not, that is a principle that we must learn to walk in. To walk with the idea of, of awareness on who we are, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. The next one, we must actively build our relationship with God, giving as well as receiving. You guys, I, for the longest time I did this. I'm just, you know, being honest. I looked at, at God as what he was supposed to do for me. I was immature, and which is fine. When you're a child, it's fine to be immature. When you're immature, it's fine to be immature. When we begin our relationship with God and we're walking with God, it's okay in the beginning for it to be a one-way street. God knows. He's going to parent us. We are to come to Him as children. And so we can come to Him and say, God, I need, I want, gimme, gimme, gimme. I hate to be so obvious about that, but really that's what we're doing, right? When we come, it's, God, I'm hurting. God, my heart hurts. God, I'm going through this. God, this. God, that. God, this. And everything. But then there has to become a point where we begin to mature. And we begin to not just receive from God. We have to come to the point where we are giving back to God. Now that can be in a form of worship in, in music. If music's not your thing, it could be art. It could be in the work that you do, doing all as unto Christ. You know, that's in the Bible. And that's referring to that. But it's not just that, but it's in our quiet times. Remember I talked last week about prayer being when we're talking to God and meditation being when we're listening to God. We need to take some time to listen. We need to take some time to study the Bible to help us mature and grow. We should be talking to God, but not just about what we want for that day. We should also be talking to Him and thanking Him for what He's done. It's a two-way relationship. Once we get to a certain point, it has to become a two-way relationship. Or it'll always, we'll always be immature and ineffectual. 
And when that happens, when you are immature, you can never live a fulfilled life. It will always be about what people are doing for you. It's always about me, 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 and not about what you can do for other people. You will never get your needs met that way. You will always be taking, but you will never get your needs met. This isn't an all-inclusive list. This, these are just things that are just, the re, this is the reality of it. And the last one I put on the list is, we must live our lives in the spirit of caring and loving others. All of those principles there all relate back to the steps. They relate to recovery, but they also relate to just a normal walk in relationship as a, what we would call a Christian, a follower of Christ. We should be doing those things and walking in those things. It's what we're commanded to do. And so as we transition from looking at this just from the perspective of the steps and we start looking at it as in, wait a minute, this is not just about my recovery anymore. This is about me being a person. This is about me being a whole, well-rounded, mature person. And these are the things that need to begin to happen in my life. But we're given promises as if we, if we walk in those things. That is the kingdom of God. And so we're going to start talking more about, I know I've talked a lot about the, and I've used that term, the kingdom of God and what that is. There are a lot of ideas about what the kingdom of God is and what it entails and when it's going to happen. You know, there are some people that look at it, just a, just a brief theological moment here. There are some people that look at when it talks, when it speaks about the kingdom of God, that theologically they look at it doctrinally, they look at it as in, okay, the kingdom of God, when they refer to that, they're referring to the millennial reign, which comes after the tribulation and the rapture and all that. Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom here on earth. And uh, they call it a millennial reign because he's going to reign for a thousand years. It talks about it in Revelations chapter 5. And so whenever they look at that, they look at it as, as far off. But remember, I talked a, a couple of weeks ago about a transactional gospel or a relational gospel. And so what's ended up happening is, is because people look at this kingdom as coming as is not here. It's going to happen later, like during the millennial reign. It's not relevant to their lives today. Then there are some people that look at it and they say, well, what they really mean is this is the church age and this is just that what he's referring to is the church age. And that's what we're in right now. We're in the church age. And they begin to develop, again, a frame of reference with what that is. But because they're not walking in the fullness of that kingdom and they're looking at it and they read the Bible and they they don't see these things come to pass. It's been minimized. And so, again, we fall back in the transactional gospel of. We get people saved so that when they die, they go to heaven. Right? I mean, that's what the kingdom of God is, right? When you die, you go to heaven. And then we sit on clouds and we play harps and for eternity and have our wings. And that's not what this is all about. That's not the gospel that Jesus preached. And I had mentioned this before, that Jesus came first and foremost to establish his kingdom. 
That's what all the prophecies from the Old Testament leading forward are. They spoke of a coming Messiah that would establish a kingdom. His kingdom. On earth. And now, again, theologically, you can say, well, yeah, well, that hasn't happened yet. Every time God does something in the Bible, every time God does something major in the Bible, it's always marked by a what was, a what is, and what is yet to come. Always throughout prophecies. There's examples of it in the Old Testament, a type or a foreshadowing in the Old Testament. Then later on, in either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, there is a fulfillment of that of types. And then in Revelations or end time prophecies, there is a coming. Already was and is and a not yet. And so in our lives, walking with Jesus, there already was a kingdom at one time. Man was given authority in the earth. He lost it to Satan. Then Jesus came and reestablished it in the spirit realm. And he said before he left, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But he is not fully taking control of everything. Yet, people still have free will, and so does the enemy. But there's coming a day, and I'm not going to get into eschatology, which is about end times theology. There's coming a day when he will literally come and establish his kingdom on the whole earth. It was in the garden. Now we are walking in his kingdom. And then... In the spiritual realm. Now he has authority over everything in the earth. And then one day every knee will bow. Okay. You guys with me? If you look at Luke 29 through 34. Luke 12. Luke 12. 29. Now this is. I, I'm going on a loop because it, it follows in a pattern here in Luke. But this is the same thing Jesus said in Matthew. In the Sermon on the Mount. This is not just an obscure one time only passage. This is what Jesus says. And you guys may recognize this. I'm not going to go through all the setup from up above. But he's basically saying in the beginning of that. Hey listen. Don't worry about stuff. I'm going to take care of it. And he gives the example. But then he kind of repeats it. And he says. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Nor have an anxious mind. This is in the New King James Version. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Most of us have heard that before, right? Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now listen, I am not advocating that you go and you sell all your worldly possessions and give them to the poor right now. 
This was a different time. This was a different time, a different place, and different things happening. But the spirit of it is true today. Now, when it says, God knows you have need of these things, he uses the example of eating and drinking and clothes, right? But in today's time, God knows you need you need a phone or a tablet with internet internet access, right? You can't fill out jobs, uh, fill out applications. You can't do half the stuff in, in government stuff. You, you need a phone and internet, right? Most of us need some form of transportation. Public transportation is good, but many times to go beyond, we need another form of transportation that may be a car, it may be a scooter, it may be whatever it may be. We need these things, and God knows it. And God's telling us, listen, don't worry about the things that you need. This is the security. Remember me talking about the needs that we have. And he says, don't be anxious about these things. I know you need them, and I'm going to take care of it. But then he says this crazy thing about sell your stuff. And give alms, which alms was an offering to the poor, to provide for the poor. And by doing that, you're laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So he's talking about a spirit of something there, right? Not a spirit of like, uh, ooh, spooky spirit thing. I'm talking about a mindset, a way we walk in our world. Not about living our lives for us but about living our lives as servants for the people around us. We are to focus and to live our lives as we mature on the people around us, not on what we can get for our lives, not on what's in it for me, how am I going to get mine, where's my payday, what's all of this for me. It's not about that. It's about what can I do for those around me. Pretty simple, right? And that seems... You know, I say this and I have, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you guys can pick up that little bit of a, a tone in my voice. I understand saying that is a theological cliche. Well, we all know that, right? We all know you're supposed to live like that. We know that's the way you're supposed to live. But do we live that way? Let's go to Luke 18. In Luke 18 and 24, about how... It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. And that's what's leading up to this conversation. And God's saying, hey, I can take care of everything. With God, all things are possible. Peter says, this is in verse 28. See, we have left all and followed you. So Peter did what Jesus had described earlier. They sold their stuff. And they're following Jesus. And so Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. So let me ask you, when it's talking about the kingdom, if we're walking in the kingdom, 
Did he just describe being rewarded for that today or after you die and go to heaven? It's for both, yeah, today and later. The kingdom is here right now, and we can walk in it. They followed, the disciples followed his instructions, and he said that you will receive back many fold. It doesn't matter what you've left. God's called me to certain things, and he may not be calling you. There are things that you may feel like you're giving up, but yet God will give something in your life to far exceed that. If you have to leave certain relationships because they're not good for you, and God's called you to the mission field or something, then so be it. God will bring other people in your life to make up for that. You will not be at a loss. You will not you will not suffer loss. It may feel like it at times, but you won't if you're walking in the kingdom. If you go to Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. What do we do with scriptures like that? You guys see that that's what Jesus talked about, right? In Luke, he said, do this and live like this. And then Peter said, listen, we left all of this and we did what you said. And Jesus said, I know, but you're not going to be without because I'm going to take care of it many fold. And then Jesus ascended to be with the father after the resurrection. And they actually put it into practice. That's what church was. That's the way things were intended to be. That's the way Jesus meant. That's what the kingdom of God is on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus is intended. So why don't we live like that? Well, because it's too hard, right? All of us in the United States are the rich young rulers. Compared to the rest of the world, the people in the lowest income bracket in the United States are wealthy compared to the majority of the world. And the people in the United States are just like the rich young ruler. When he came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, keep all of these rules and regulations. And he said, I've done that since I was born. I do all that stuff. I got this thing down. And Jesus said, great. So all the only thing left to do is sell all you own and come follow me. And he left away depressed because he's like, that's just too great a cost. I can't do that. It's too much. But I get it, you guys. I get it. Because we do need things to survive. We need things to live here. And there's nothing wrong with having some nice things. There's nothing wrong with having some things in our lives. But our focus cannot be me, me, me. Our focus cannot be what's in it for me. This is a hard one. The reality of it is 
is if we would actually walk in this, all of those things that we chase to make us feel better, to meet our needs, to make us feel significant, to give us security in who we are and what we have, and to give us the relationships that we believe we want, all of those things that we chase to get those things will not get us what we want. But if we lay down our stuff, if we actually walked in the kingdom, as Jesus said, if we actually did this, then he would give us those things, give us that sense of significance beyond what any power, money, prestige would give us. He would give us a sense of security. I spent a lot of years working, 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 working hard. And I, I believe hard work is a gift from God. I seriously do. But I spent a lot of years chasing, trying to make money. And it just, the, like it talks about, the, the moth will eat it. And it can be stolen. It can be tricked away from you. It could be you can make a mistake and have things go. I spent a lot of times chasing money and feeling insecure about it, worrying about what was going to happen. But I'll tell you this. I can tell you right here, standing today, sure as Jesus lives, I ain't worried about it. I know that God is going to bless me abundantly. God is taking care of me. I'm not just getting by. And that's all because of what Jesus has done in my life. Now, I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination. But that sense of security is there. I have security. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about whether or not the stock market crashes. I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I know it'll be taken care of. I'm going to do what God called me to do. And I'm wonderful in his eyes. I'm walking in my calling. I'm fulfilling my purpose. And I have fulfillment in my life. Now, would I like to be able to touch a thousand people in one sitting with this message? Well, of course I would, for, for Christ's sake. I'll talk to whoever he puts in front of me. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.